0: Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by the Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer.
1: Before we get into the word of God, let us have a brief moment of prayer. Father God, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. As we study it today, we ask that you provide us with keen insights so that we can understand the wisdom behind your words and have the courage to apply it to our lives. We praise you, Jesus, for being gracious as we learn, knowing that each time we open your word, we will see it with new eyes and fresh understanding. Holy Spirit, help our faith to keep maturing so that we can shine brightly for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.
0: Mark chapter six, verses one through six from the New International Version. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith.
1: Thanks be to God for If you guys recall, on Father's Day, uh, we started a sermon series called uh, Feelings, uh, Fat, uh, Faith, and Facts. Let me change my graphic here. Uh, Okay, great. Feelings, faith, and facts. And so on Father's Day, we started the series off by preaching, uh, Facing Your Feelings, okay? That's where we started. And then we continued when we got to the moment of faith, and we preached from the subject out here. And so both of those sermons are still online. If you missed, uh, we invite you to go back and to, to listen to those uh, when you get a chance this week, but today we're going to to hit this last note and talk about facts, and we want to do so by preaching from the subject truth beyond the facts. We want to talk about the truth beyond facts, and so uh, here is some background uh, information on this text. You know, I always like to go back and give us a little. Uh, Context of the situation that we're facing in this particular chapter, and so in the first five uh, chapters of Mark, Jesus has presented himself for baptism, and immediately gets busy doing the will of the Father. He, we don't get a genealogy in the book of Mark. We don't talk about you know the origin of Jesus from eternity, uh, or you don't try to trace his lineage in the book of Mark. Um, we don't, we don't get any of that cute and cuddly stuff that we get in some of the other gospel writers. In Mark, we see Jesus presenting himself for baptism, and ready to get it on with the devil. He's ready to do business that he has been sent to earth to accomplish, so that's what he does. And so what we see in these first five um, books is we see Jesus busy casting out demons, right? Demons who seem to recognize Jesus. They recognize him in his full divinity And Jesus has to tell them to shut up so that they do not reveal who he really is too soon. And so they recognize him even when humans do not. Uh, And so additionally, what we see is Jesus has been healing people. Uh, He has called and assembled his disciples. Uh, He's been teaching the people in parables. And he has been demonstrating his power even over nature. When he tells the winds and the waves to be quiet, they sit down and they shut up. And so, and so we've seen him doing all of these great and mighty uh, miracle, miracle things, miraculous things, in these first five chapters. But then guess what? After, all he, after he does all of these great and mighty things, Jesus decides to go home. He decides to go home to the place where he grew up, his home country, his hometown. Um, this is the place where he grew up and worked as a carpenter uh, in the area with his stepfather, Joseph. And so this is where he does. And so during this trip home, he gets an opportunity to to speak in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And so he taught the people, and they were amazed at what he had to say. They were amazed at what he had to say, and they could not deny the wisdom of his teaching, right? And he and, and was like, "Where did he get all this information?" And they were and they were also hearing about the great miracles that he was performing. Uh, at, while he was away from home, okay, and so, but but there was this this deep, um, even though they were amazed by that stuff, they were there was this deep unwillingness to accept and acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God in his hometown, right? They thought that they um, they they merely they just only thought of him as this carpenter, right? This guy who grew up in their community, and so that's that's all they thought about. They they knew him as the Son of Mary. They knew who his brothers and sisters were, and those people were still living in the area, right? And so that—that that is the Jesus that they are expecting to return. So had he returned, though, as this hometown hero, if he had come with this great display of power uh, and, you know, come come in in a certain manner, then they most likely would have received him differently. But because Jesus came so humble and so full of grace and just, just kind of... You know, not a big deal. He didn't come in off flashy or or anything like that. He just came home, and so and so because they didn't, they, you know, he didn't come home in this big grand fashion. They just treated him like a commoner, right? And so and so what we see instead is we don't get this great welcoming community, right? There's no there's no rolling out the carpet uh, for Jesus. Nobody really cares that he has even returned home, right? And so he, he's just back, and so what? But you can see these people who did go and hear him speak that day, they're essentially sizing them up. They decide to try to size up Jesus. And they start by asking all of these questions. And I can kind of hear somebody coming up to Jesus and saying the following, so so you're home now, huh? Okay, well, you know, that's good. I see you got a little taller than when you were here before, but you still got that same woolly hair. And that dark skin you had when you were here growing up with us, right? And so, so they, and so they just coming at him. He said, "But, but, but I want to have, I have a question, to you. Who are these dudes that are following you around, and why do they keep calling you master? I know you ain't come back here thinking we gonna call you master. I ain't never called. I called you some stuff, but I ain't never called you master. And and don't think I'm gonna start now." But I hope that's the, I hope you don't think that's what's about to happen. I, now I, I heard you down there at the church, and you were dropping some knowledge. you were using some words I never heard of. What was that one you said Caribbean? Uh, what, 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 what does that mean? I ain't heard that now what have you been up to? You've been off to school or something? Where are you getting all of this stuff from? we're we not familiar familiar with this type of information coming from you, right? We, 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 you know so what, what what have you been doing? You've been to school or something? Because, you know, we know you, Jesus. We know you from way back when. I remember when you and your dad had that carpentry business here in town. And I remember the great work you did at my grandmother's house when you were remodeling her house. I remember you. I know your brothers and sisters. I hang out with them all the time. Right? And so, you know, I know know you. So because, because I know your people, right? Sometimes people, they know I know your people. I know where you come from. I know your people, I know who you're connected to, and therefore, I think I know you. I think I know exactly who you are. Right now, Now, supposedly, you've been going around performing some miracles and stuff like that. I've heard about you. Um, I don't remember you doing any of that stuff. Where um, so where is that coming from? You, you, you drop the knowledge I ain't never heard come out of your mouth. You're performing miracles that we've never seen or heard about you doing before. Uh, I don't know you. I, I thought I knew you because I, I know where you come from and I know the people that you're connected to. Uh, but anyway, I remember you did a great job on my cousin's uh, man cave. So I wouldn't mind if you came by the house and looked at my hardwood floors right here because they're starting to bubble. You still got your two belt and all that stuff that you used to carry around with you. And so they just kind of treating him based upon who he has been, right? The, the, the Jesus that they knew when he was growing up. And so that is the way that they treat him. And so what we what we figure out, my friends, from studying this passage is that folks are comfortable talking about the you that they're used to. That's the you that they used to know. That's how they're they're gonna always talk about you and frame you in the in the past, essentially, in the ways that they have experienced you before. Okay, as as if that's all that you can ever be is what I've been. Is that all that I can ever be? Is what I have been? That's the way some people will treat you. Now, in verses four through six, it was at this point that Jesus noted uh, that a prophet is generally without any type of great favor at at home. Like, you know, he can go anywhere else in the world and and be received and and, and do great works, but it seems that you cannot come back home and do what you have been gifted to do by God. Relatives and friends are often too close to appreciate the person or the ministry that God has birthed through you. So, in other words, what Jesus is saying is that there is no harder place to serve the Lord than at home. Amen. it can be hard to go home and to do what God has gifted you to do sometimes. And the, and the interesting thing is that these Nazarenes themselves were a dis, uh, despised people. People look down upon them all the time. And so it's it's kind of, you know, it was a popular attitude of the day to ask the question, uh, can anything good come out of Nazareth, right? This is where Jesus is from. And so it, you would think that, you know, since he's from here and, and we're from here, and, you know, that they wouldn't have the same attitude about one of their own, but they did. So these social outcasts, they look down upon the Lord Jesus um, and even though he was someone from their own community, they shaded him, right? We would say they shaded him, they dissed him, they they discounted him, uh, even though he was was one of their own people. So this text, my friends, is a sad commentary on the pride and the unbelief of the human heart. That's what we see essentially uh, from these people in the audience who are talking, uh, not necessarily to Jesus, but they were talking about Jesus uh, at the same time. Isn't that something, how people they don't even talk to you, but they'll talk about you uh, and, and try to get the facts about who you, who you are and make a decision about who you are based upon the answers that they get from people who also guess what don't even but they can they got everybody has an opinion about who you are and, and it is usually wrapped up in who you have been okay and so that's what we see Jesus dealing with as well and then it says as a result uh, of this unbelief that was in the community, uh, this greatly hindered the work of Jesus in the area. Right? He says that he could, he healed, he healed, laid his hand on a few people, and, and he healed a few of their sick. But that was pretty much it, uh, because of the unbelief. It says that Jesus was amazed. I like that. I highlighted that back in our, our uh, when we had the sermon of uh, scripture on the screen. If you might have noticed, I, I highlighted the word amazed. People were amazed at him speaking in church. Then it goes down at the bottom and it says he was amazed at their lack of faith, right? I don't want Jesus to be amazed because of my my lack of faith, right? If anything, we want him to be amazed because of our great faith that we've demonstrated in him. But he he left amazed at their unbelief. So again, we see our, our dear Jesus tasting the loneliness of being mistreated and misunderstood and being slighted by people. Uh, many of his followers, then and now, have also shared this type of experience. I can see you've experienced some of that sorrow as well uh, 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 by being perceived one way, when you know that God has transformed you and, and, and uh, brought you a mighty long ways and transformed you to, to be somebody else than what you have been. So oftentimes, the servants of the Lord Jesus appear and present themselves in ways that are very humble, right? We don't usually come, it, it, sometimes, but in most cases, a servant of the Lord does not come in this, this, this pompous and flashy and boastful manner, right? Most of the time, it's not what you get from somebody that's really focused on doing the work of the kingdom. And so, uh, so the question becomes for us is, are we able to look beyond outward appearances and recognize the true spiritual work of the individual? God allows to come into our town, into our lives, right? So this town can be a representation of our lives, of our church, right? When these people come that God has sent and allowed to be there, how do we receive them? Are we only going to receive the people that come in a flashy manner that we are expecting and hoping them to be? Or can can they come in a, in a simpler and more humble fashion uh, and, and still be received and allowed to do Great work that God has given them to do. So as we have seen throughout the Bible, in our in, in our own experiences, uh, God's top choices are usually not the people that we would pick. Right? The, the people that God chooses and does great works are often the people that we would just walk right past. We would never even consider uh, him or her in that in that particular position. But undeterred uh, by his rejection at home. Uh, and due to their lack of faith, Jesus went around to the surrounding villages and he taught the people there. So I can't come home and, and contribute and do what I know I can do. Guess what? There's some people out here that that need me as well. I'm going to go out and I'm going to pour it to them, and I'm going to bring them. Uh, and you're going to they're going to get some of the stuff that you could gotten just the same. Okay. So some takeaways that we can uh, glean from this text today is number one. You can't figure out Jesus. You can't figure Jesus out. Uh, uh, Furthermore, I would say that Jesus is not a problem that needs to be solved. Jesus is not a problem that needs to be solved, but he is the answer to everything that problems you. Amen. Everything that problems you, Jesus is the answer. That's true for the whole world today. And so, and also we'll say that, that knowing facts about Jesus, right, is not the same. That's knowing who Jesus is. You can know all the facts you want to know about Jesus, and that still won't help you answer who Jesus is to me personally, right? It should be on a personal level. You can never have enough facts to do that. You can never figure out the Son of God, right? You can never fit him into your box uh, and try to make him make sense. You just can't. So these people in our passages, we see, they seem to know a lot about Jesus. They knew they knew a lot about Jesus, but they but that was not enough. You know, they, they only knew him to a certain point, right? He can know somebody, but only to a certain point. You don't really know me. You're familiar with me, but you don't really know me. Even if we've been working on the same job for a long time, you don't really know me, right? You might live in a house next door to me, but you don't you don't really know me until you like come and live in my space and, and really take up residence with me, do you really get to see. The whole me, and so that's the same thing with Jesus. They were acquainted with Him, but they didn't really have a deep or intimate or personal relationship with Him. So that's what we see, and so what they ended up doing uh, by seeking to assign value to Jesus, they underestimated. Him. That's what they, they 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 decided what He was worth. They decided what He could do, but each and every time they did that, it was an underestimation of who He truly is. So Jesus, he wanted to. You got to imagine Jesus wanted the hometown folks to re- receive and experience him anew. He wanted to give them everything that he was giving the rest of the world. But because they were uh, they were so caught up on the facts that they knew about him, that they had collected about him, they could not experience him. What I'm saying here is that uh, they could not make the necessary shift to see the truth beyond the faith, uh, the facts, the truth beyond the facts. They couldn't make that move to see the truth beyond the facts. You know, I know the TV show that said just the facts, man. They just just wanted the facts. And, And they thought just by having the facts, they had everything that they needed to figure out who Jesus is. But that was not enough. They needed faith to be able to make that move to go past the facts so that I can really see who you really are, Jesus. I need, I need more faith. I need more faith. And so they may have wanted to experience Jesus again, but only in the ways that they were familiar with, him, right? In the ways that they had shaped in their own minds, the way that they have shaped him in their own minds. That's the Jesus they wanted to experience. They wanted to come back and talk about the good old days. Hey, remember that time when you excuse us, uh, you know, on that job and you hit your hand with the nail all Remember that? You know, they don't, I ain't come for any of that. Right. I, I know about all that stuff. But sometimes people will try to make you live in the past. They wanna even on your Facebook wall sometimes you, you gotta watch some of your old coins, they'll post some stuff on there. Hey, remember this? And they got a picture of you at some random party from way back then when you, you weren't even thinking about Jesus. And they'll continue to have you to rehearse your history in efforts to keep you there, because that's the only way they can remember you. They they can't really experience the you that God has created you to be today. And so they tried to keep reshaping you to your past. self. So so that's what happens here with Jesus. They wanted to experience him again, but only in a way that they were familiar with him, right? They did not realize that Jesus had not come back home as a carpenter. He had come back home as the Christ, right? But they couldn't make that move. They could only see him as a carpenter. Uh, He did not come back home to remodel houses, Right? He came back to remodel hearts and lives and situations. Right? That's when he came to repair. But they couldn't see that because they couldn't make that move to see the truth beyond the facts. Amen? So, number two. So, number one, we said you can't figure out, can't figure Jesus out. Number two, facts matter. But. I said facts matters. Dot, dot, dot. But. B-U-T. Yes, facts matters. Yes, yes, they do. Um, we know that, uh, based upon what we've just been living through this past year and a half or more, uh, because sadly there are some people who lost their lives unnecessarily because they wouldn't, they could not accept the truth facts that this virus was real. They couldn't accept that they couldn't accept the the facts centered around the severity of COVID nineteen. They just continue to just play. Russian roulette, if you will, because they say, well, I'm young or I'm strong, you know, I can recover if I do get it. I'm not worried about myself, Uh, you know, and and so some people are not here because of that assurance that they had. But facts do matter. And so what I would say is, uh, you know, uh, having faith to move mountains, I'll prove it to you like this, having faith to move mountains means, first, acknowledging that there is a mountain that needs to be removed. Amen. The the fact that I have faith that Moot can move a mountain means I first got to acknowledge there is a mountain that needs to be dealt with. Family, the mountain is real, right? There's so many mountains that we deal with in our life. The mountain is real and it has to be dealt with. And the way that we deal with the true reality of the mountain is with our faith. Amen. Our faith is what allows us uh, as believers, we can face the facts because of our faith. Have faith in Jesus, that's what allows. I don't care what the diagnosis is, I don't care how bad the marriage is or how much the kids are acting up. I I don't care, I don't even think that really cared yesterday how red the carpet was. She had enough faith to go upstairs and be praying and believing that dad could clean that carpet and spare her the punishment that was on her way, amen. And so, she got to have she saw the past the facts. I know it's down there, I know it's as as, as sane as it can be, but I believe and clean it out, Lord. You just give them give the sense enough and the strength enough to go down there and clean that, that carpet. And, and sure enough, we got it clean. She, she was so thankful about that. Amen. And so was I. And I didn't have to explain that to the wife. It happened on my watch. Amen. So I, I didn't have to explain that. Y'all, you got nobody. She didn't you even know she didn't walked down the carpet two or three times. We got it real good and clean. Probably cleaner than it was before she spilled the stuff down. Amen. And so... Uh, So as believers, though, I'm just saying that we have to acknowledge the fact. There's nothing wrong with with acknowledging the facts of whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through. Right? But what what, what we don't do as believers, uh, we don't stick our our heads in the sand. It's not not an ideal of of ignoring the facts. Right? I'm not saying that. Uh, But Jesus can disregard the facts. He can go beyond the facts. He can go beyond the facts because he has faith even in his own word. I often think about that. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, God started speaking. I think about the fact that that means that even God had to have faith in God's word. He believed that if I spoke this thing out, it would would do what I told it to do. So even God has faith in the word of God that comes out of God's mouth. So we can, as believers, we acknowledge whatever it is. And then we confidently can speak to that thing whatever from the position of faith in Jesus to overcome whatever it is that we're facing right we face stuff if you go through stuff and i do too there's no there's no sense in denying the facts but we got to make sure that we, we we put our faith to work we activate our faith in Jesus Christ and that's how faith can overcome the facts amen and so that's that's what it can get us through the moments of what we're going through so, it's through knowing Jesus for ourselves, my friends, that we have access to spiritual tools that we need in order to get a, a spiritual response from God as we combat a spiritual enemy. Amen. So, I'm going to say that again. It, it, it's through knowing Jesus for ourselves, we have access to the spiritual tools that we need to, 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 to get a spiritual response as we combat a spiritual enemy, amen? We got to know what we're really up against. We got to face the facts, even in sports, right? They will study the other team. They get the facts on that other team, and they sit down and they study, you know, how the weaknesses and the strengths of the opposing team so that they can know how to best uh, uh, approach that next game they're going to face, that next battle, amen? And so what what I've come to tell you here today, my friends, is that, even if you have been in a relationship with Jesus Christ for 50 years, plus, guess what? You still don't know everything about know I, I, I mean, You might have been saved since you was eight years old. That's great. Thank God for that. But don't get to the position that you think you know everything you can know about God. There's always something more you can learn, right? Because you don't know everything about him because guess what? You uh, don't know everything because there's more to show you. We, we only know we only, and that's gonna always be true. We only know God, the Father. We only know uh, Jesus Christ, the Son, the Savior. We only know the Holy Spirit as comforter as they res- reveal themselves to us. And that's why I prayed today when we started service. God, reveal yourself to us all the more. That's the only way we know God. Right? Some of you have been married a long time. And you can, and if we sit down and talk, you can tell me I'm still learning some stuff about my man, right? I'm still because we we we, we I, I, I might have really got him or her pegged at, at when we were 35, but now we're, we're 60 and and, and and they're a little bit different. So I'm I'm still learning them. This is an ongoing thing. I'm I'm learning things because we've never faced what we're facing now. And so now I got to learn this person over and over again as we go forward. If that's true for a human, right? Don't you think we're gonna always spend the best of forever? knowing about God, because we're going to keep experiencing God on deeper and higher levels, and so we'll never know God fully, and so that's what should drive us to pray and to read our Bibles, and come to church, church school, and participate, because we're always going to have an opportunity to learn more about who God is in our lives, individually and collectively. Amen. So, um, beloved, there I, I want to say that there are some things that God wants to reveal to us, but mm-hmm. We can he can only do that uh, if we have the faith to see those things, amen? Uh, they can't be re- uh, naturally with our human eyes. Some things God wants to reveal to us, but we got to have the faith to see it, right? And so, there's something you'll see in the Bible. Jesus will say, No human revealed this to you, right? This is God, God revealed this to you. God, God allowed you to see this or to confess that, and so uh, I can hear Jesus. Uh, Answer these questions that they were asking in the text. I could hear Jesus answering the, the people like this. He said, Look, everything that you just said about me is correct. I am all of those things, but the truth of the matter is, I'm so much more. I'm so I'm so much more. But you're so caught up in the past that, that you're tripping over the facts. Like that's how caught up you are. You're, you're starting to you're just start to uh, just only fixate on the facts. And that's that's messing you up. You're not not going to even be able to see what I'm trying to show you because you're so uh, wedded to the past. So you're trying to pin me down based upon your limited and historic experiences with me, right? Because you think you've already got me figured out. You think you know everything you can know about me, Jesus Christ. And, And so because of that, you're not able to activate the faith that you need so that I can reveal to you who I really am. He wanted to show them. They didn't have the faith to see him or to experience him anew. God, I want you to do a new thing for me in this season of my life. I know I experienced you back then. I know I've been walking with you for a long time. But I want you to do something new, even in this season of where I am today. So that's point number two. Facts matter. But point number three, my final point is, this is to us. Uh, it says, go home anyway go home, dot, 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 anyway. We'll talk about what I'm saying. If Jesus, the Son of God, went back home to his earthly family, certainly there is value for us as mere mortals uh, to go home every now and again, put our eyes on the situation. Amen. And, 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 what, and when, I, when I say, uh, and where possible, when we get home, uh, uh, help wherever you can. Do whatever you can to improve the situation. You, you may be not able to do everything that you wanted to do or everything that you're capable of doing, uh, everything that's been placed in your heart to do for your community, but you should go home anyway. Do whatever you can to help those who are still there. And just so that we're clear, when I say go home, I'm not just talking about geography. I'm not just talking about city and state. Uh, but there are some other places that we consider home, right? Maybe our church home, right? Or maybe uh, our ministries or auxiliaries that we used to participate in um, and, that, and that we have not been able to participate in for a long time, even before the pandemic, hit, right? There were some places that you know you've been gifted and called and equipped to serve in. And for whatever reason, we don't need to go into the reasons, but for whatever reason, you're not serving or performing those capacities anymore even though you're still capable, right? You're not, and so you've left home in that regard. Uh, maybe some schools that you graduated from or internships that helped you along the way. Uh, maybe it's time to reach back and see what can you do to help them. They helped you to get to where you are. And I'm sure that we can say that there are some sons and daughters uh, from this area, from this church, who need to come back home more than they do. Okay, and to contribute to what's going on here more than they do. Uh, We need to be blessed by what God has blessed you with, right? You have been uniquely gifted, prepared, and positioned to do great work, even right here. Some of that work needs to be done here. I know you're doing great things over there, but there's some stuff that we could use that would help us to move forward here. Can you come home and help us a little bit, son or daughter? Right, I understand your hesitations because I know there are some people who won't know how to receive you. Right, that that, that, that there's some people who won't know what to do with you, uh, but that's okay. Just like Jesus did, do what you can when you can, if you can, and then guess what? Move on. When it's time to keep it moving, keep on moving, just like Jesus did here in the text today. He didn't he didn't stay there. He came. He did what he could do, and then he kept it moving. But see, for folks to come home and to do all that they're equipped uh, of of doing and and truly capable, there are some implications for the community, right? And and we see that here in the text is that uh, this will require for us who are already here to be open to the person that God has shaped and presented them to be, right? God has created them. God has allowed them to go off and to accomplish these great things. Uh, and, and, And now we come back home, sometimes we treat them funny. You know, we we don't treat them right. We don't receive them the way that they've been received probably all over the world. And to do what they've been gifted to do. But I I, I know why, because maybe back then they just did a lot of regular stuff. They were just a regular person, regular kid uh, in the community. They may have even done some dumb stuff, childish things along the way, but you did too. I think we forget about that part. We did too. But, but 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 through the power of God they are now doing life-changing and extraordinary things because they allow God to get in there and to, to really work on their lives and to craft them and to, to mold them into something different so the question is will we receive them and let them operate in their getting and callings or will or will we be cynical skeptics right will we will we will we treat them differently because uh, all too often you know we're just just like these people in the text, I can only treat you based on what you have been. I can't see all that you have become. So all too often we show more respect for people who we don't know at all, right? But because they come in a, in a flashy way, right? And they have a lot of zing and ping and pop to them when they come in the door, we, we, we are attracted to that. And so we'll, you've, you've seen it, if you grew up in church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A certain, a certain name comes to town, and they just pack the place out. They fall in and out and phone at the mouth and all that, stuff <laughs> that they don't normally do. But because this person supposedly has it, then they put on this performance uh, to get what they could have gotten from somebody else that, that was from within that same community. You didn't have to bring in that high-dollar person. God bless him or her. But you, you, you already had in the house what you needed to get what you needed. Amen. And so we, we 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 don't we don't seem to understand that sometimes. And indeed, we do tend to treat these uh, people. Uh, uh, we tend to to be a whole. Oh, we just like I said, we need to. We tend to be a whole lot more captivated and impressed by these uh, these strangers. They seem like superstars, right? LeBron James or somebody. Yeah, they come and yeah, you going you gonna treat them a certain way right? You get you a know, man, you know, because you know what he has, you know, you've seen you, but you've only really seen him at that high level. I think that's what we forget. We we, we didn't see the origins and the struggle and the, the, the come up, if you will. So we've only experienced him at that high level, and so that's how we treat him. But What about that person that came up from your community with you, sat in class next to you, right? On the same pew, cutting up in church, getting corrected with you, and now they have They've been, they're allowed to blossom, to become more than that, and, but, and they have what you need, but you can't receive it, because you're so caught up in the perceptions of who they were, right? So, so that, that's what's going on. It, it was in Nazareth, where Jesus came from, that he could only heal a few people. Why? Because they did not believe that he could possibly be a, a, a healer. They couldn't believe it. Like No way that healing is coming from you, Jesus. Who's touching him with your garments and being healed? Nobody. We ain't never seen that. And so they they, they just were hung up on on his past. They could not accept one of their own as being somehow greater than they were at that moment, even if it meant giving. Get this. Even if it meant giving up on their own heal. It was so. That's that's what happened. He only healed a few people, but I believe there were more people that were sick in that community that could have that needed. To excuse me, that needed to be healed. And so we'd rather hold on to our perceptions than to reach out and, and, and get our deliverance from Jesus because we want to just continue to hold on to what has been. That meant giving up on their healings, right? He could have he certainly healed those people, right? But they just, they didn't have the faith. And so faith and humility don't travel without each other. You gonna have faith. You, 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 if you're a humble person, you're also most likely a faithful and a faith a believing person. Trusting Jesus means seeing yourself in need of him. And to say that another way, knowing your need of, of Jesus generates your trust in Jesus. Amen. So we, we gotta be humble enough to say, I need help. Like I gotta I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to my daughter yesterday. She she messed up the carpet, people that, that weren't here this morning. I told the story. And the first thing she tried to do was she found a white towel and she tried to clean up this red juice off the carpet. And then she took a black blanket and decided to just cover the cover the whole thing up and nobody will know. But I guess she thought better of it and she came upstairs and she said, Dad, I need you to come downstairs. I, I, I spilled it. I know you told me I have to go to the living room with the juice, but I spilled it on the carpet. And I need you to come down here and look at this thing. All right? And so I, 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 we had a long conversation believe after that about grace and mercy. I didn't get it. I could've, but I didn't. And we talked about. She said, well, what, "What is grace and mercy?" I explained it to as best I can to a six-year-old, and she seemed to get it. But the thing about it is, we do the same thing with God. We mess up, and then we try to cover it up. We try to clean it up by ourselves, and it would. And it just it just started getting worse and worse. And then she messed the towel up. Then I had to wash the blanket that she tried to use. It. Like it just it just went further and further than what it had to. She could have just messed up from the beginning, but I gave her props. I said, I appreciate you coming to me. Eventually, you know, it took you a little while, but thank you for coming. And I was able to go down there and address the situation. We need to remember that the same thing with Jesus, is is don't try to fix what you messed up. Don't try to clean what you messed up. We can't. We only make things worse. Matters only get worse when we try to fix it, or we go to any and everybody else, try to fix what only Jesus can fix There's certain areas. Only Jesus wants to operate, right? Same thing in the hospital. There's certain surgeons that they are, they are uh, equipped to deal with this type of surgery, and then you try to get them to do something else, they gonna mess you up, chances are. I mean, I don't know nothing about eye. I'm a foot doctor. Okay. If you really, you really want me to operate on your eye, you want me to do the laser? I don't know nothing about it, but you're a doctor. But yeah, that's not my area. See, Jesus specializes in all these places where we mess up in our lives he can fix it amen he can fix it but we have to be more receptive like these people were not these people had a collection of facts about jesus but they had zero faith in jesus amen we we don't want to be like that we want to be like jesus in this passage we don't want to be like these people we want to be that means we need to be more re- receptive uh to what god wants to do in our lives we have to have faith enough to experience Jesus in every way that Jesus wants to reveal himself to us, amen? And so that's the good news today, my friends, is that Jesus is still in town. He's in your town. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening today, wherever you're watching from, those who are gathered in the building, Jesus is in town right now. So you can trust him with your word, amen? You, you You can let him give you rest, right? It's what he wants to do he wants to reveal himself to you in those ways uh, he wants you to see him fully amen. but it's up to you to come and to see and to experience Jesus it's up to you to, to make that move uh, uh, to see the truth beyond the, faith, the facts and that requires you to have a strong faith walk with Jesus amen he, he's not going to leave you he's not going to save you he's not going to call you out here and then let you drown or, or mess you up in some type of way he's not going to do that and so if you don't know him for yourself, if you're watching, and you're listening today, we're going to invite you uh, to pray with us. Uh, even right now, wherever you are, you can pray with us at this time. The prayer that we have adapted for this ministry just simply says, uh, Lord Jesus, for far too long, I have kept you out of my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner, that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God, who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart now, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior forever. Ever. amen if you prayed that prayer today guess what you expressed more faith in jesus than the people in this passage he made a lot of confessions in there of faith that they couldn't make and they saw jesus in the flesh amen and so if you made that confession today if you prayed that prayer of salvation uh, you are saved at this very moment uh, there's no doubts about it but the angels of heaven are rejoicing Uh, And so are we over your soul salvation. And if that's you, uh, if you're watching on Facebook or on Zoom, we invite you to go ahead and write that down in the comment section because we want to reach out to you and connect with you and to walk on this journey with you because none of us can walk this journey alone.
0: Amen? The Good Success Group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast. If you have not already done so, please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming. And to sponsor future episodes of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, please click on the support button or connect with us via Cash App or PayPal. The information to do so is listed under the description for this episode. We thank you so much for your support, and stay blessed.
1: always a good time to pray. I mean, even 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 uh, playing off of the sermon today, um, maybe you can't get back to where you from, you know, wherever that is. Maybe you can't go back. I know sometimes, and I didn't really address it in the sermon, but sometimes we don't go back home, wherever home is, because there's a lot of hurt back home. Right? It's, it's, it, 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 it would cost me something. Maybe too much, and when I'm willing to pay, to go back home Guess what you can do? We saw it in the church group's uh, lesson this morning. You can pray. You, if you can't do nothing else, you can pray for your home folks. Wherever home is. you can do that. Okay, that's one just going to cost you some time, effort, and energy. You can pray. And we know as believers that prayer changes things. We wouldn't pray if it didn't work, if it didn't help. Right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't do it. It wouldn't make any sense to keep praying. But we know our God hears us and that our God loves us and our God responds to us. So if you can't do anything else, pray for that community. Pray for that family. I know sometimes, even in our own family, some folks don't even come around. Certain certain family members, they don't come to the family unit. They don't even want you to send them a t-shirt. They, they don't want nothing to do with it. Not, there's a lot of hurt, pain, something, something went wrong there that, that caused that person to be like that. Still pray. They, that thing can be amended before we leave this birthday, man. Yeah.